There's no such thing as wrong movement, but there is effective movement and ineffective movement. And each person's effectiveness or ineffectiveness is different based on their body mm-hmm. and, and the patterns that their brain knows and how safe they feel emotionally in order to do those movements. So movement at the end of the day, it, it, I also see it as it's an expression. You know, uh, they say what 70% or more of language is actually body language. So it's also a way of communication. It's a way of expressing. It's also a way of not just communicating to others, but to ourselves. And sometimes we just don't realize it. It becomes this vehicle for awareness. Welcome to This Thing Called Movement, a podcast exploring the medium of movement and looking into how it has the capacity to transform not only our physical bodies, but potentially every other facet of our lives. I'm your host, Marie Janicek a movement guide here to help people find their own unique and authentic relationship to movement through creativity, curiosity, and self-expression. Join me as I dive into deep conversations with a wide variety of individuals from many different fields and backgrounds. Together, we'll gain insight into their own unique movement experiences, the transformations that resulted, and how movement has affected their lives at large. I hope these recorded conversations will inspire and empower you to find your own unique movement journey in your life, in your own way. Welcome to today's episode featuring Venus Lau. Venus Lau is a personal trainer and health coach based out in Los Angeles, California. She and I know each other through our mutual uh, background and passion for animal flow. And I am just so excited that she was willing to devote her time to this episode with us today. Some of the highlights of our conversation were making some important distinctions when it comes to relating to our body. One of my favorite parts was the discussion around the importance of breath work, how it is really the foundation for any movement we do. And the more you can tune in to how well and how efficiently you are breathing and work with that, the more you can expand your potential on any arena. Venus also discussed the importance of learning not to distinguish movement as good or bad, but rather effective versus non-effective for your specific body. And then finally, we spent a good amount of time extrapolating how confidence is built through movement and how that can actually trickle into so many other aspects of your life through your physical movement practices. I hope you guys enjoy this episode as much as I did. 
Go ahead and just allow yourselves to sit back, relax, tune in, and enjoy. Welcome to this thing called Movement Venus. We're very excited to have you here today. Yippee! (laughs) If you wouldn't mind giving our audience a little quick bio about who you are, what you do, all that jazz. I am a trainer and movement coach. I live in Los Angeles, California. I've been officially a coach for 11 years um, before that, I was an athlete. I was a Division One athlete at Baylor University. Um, before that, I was that kid that just loved to play a lot. And uh, every sport was my sport. I loved playing sports. Um, and it was my way of expressing myself. And uh, now, as a more seasoned coach, I've realized that even though I have a whole bunch of certifications, they mean nothing unless I'm connected to myself. And if I can share that with others, that really truly is more purposeful for what I do for a living. So I know you mainly through the animal flow community. And I would say that most of your clients and all the people who interact with you know you through animal flow. So if you wouldn't mind elaborating a little bit more on your relationship to that medium. Sure, sure. So I was looking for more body weight movements and primal movements. This was about, let me think, like maybe six years ago about that. But um, I actually was a very, it was all about structure before. Uh, I was very much an athlete, loved to lift weights. Uh, Weightlifting was like a huge thing for me. Loved kettlebells, especially like the more hard style. Obviously, if you follow me on social media now, that's changed. and I was looking for more bodyweight training. And I had heard of people like, you know, Portel and Sistema and TechFit and all those things. And I was looking at all and I was like, okay, this got it. Well, I wonder when's the next like cert that I could go attend. And a friend of mine was like, you should try it out. And I was like, what the hell is that? That sounds dumb. <laughs> <laughs> like animal flow? Like, like what do we crawl around and make noises, you know? You know, and I think that's what a lot of people immediately respond with who are not from the world of, of movement. And she was like, no, trust me, you'll really like it. It's really great. So I went and that's when Mike Fitch was still teaching uh, the level ones. And it was at um, uh, a place in LA. It was actually at a friend of mine's gym. Well, I'm going to be hanging out with later today. Um, and uh, I fell in love with it. I was like, wow, this is, this is amazing. I've, I've never done anything like this. After the first day, every muscle in my body hurt. My hands hurt, my fingers hurt, my hair hurt, my teeth hurt, <laughs> my eyes hurt. Um, no, but um, it was incredible. I had never experienced anything like it. And I was like, wow, this is like yoga and sports and being athletes and everything being primal. It felt so good in my body. And so I just got addicted to it. And I, I literally, after that, was like doing animal flow for hours or three hours a day because um, I just wanted to get so good at it. And when you watch, watch my bitch do his moods, you're just so in, how graceful and beautiful and strong at the same time he moves. So, um, and, and so having that, and he's such a great leader as well, was a really 
big jump start. And then I started getting into more yoga and other styles of body weight training. Um, and then adding more flow to kettlebells and then realizing, oh my God, I can flow to everything. And that life is flow. And it's not like all this came at once. And I'm sure you know this as well, because you're an animal flow instructor, but it's also how, when we experience it, and then even more, when we teach it, we really start to really understand that connection because we see it in ourselves and we can see it with other people. So I, I've known for animal flow, but I have over 15 certifications in different styles of training. Um, I love, I'm definitely more partial to animal flow than anything else, but I'm also really open-minded to other styles. So when other people are like, oh, well, it looks like capoeira. And I'm like, oh, are you a capoeira instructor? And if they're like, yeah, I'm like, okay, well, teach me. You know, mm-hmm. I want to learn more. I, mm-hmm. I think it's great. And I'll do it their their version. I don't think one way is better than the other, but I think we all as humans are going to be more partial to certain things. Or maybe it's an emotional reason, maybe it's a physical reason, but there's always something there. And anytime I find any resistance within myself on something, I'm I now instead of going with that resistance, say, okay, well what this isn't the resistance here to alert me on something. And now I need to check in with myself mm. of like, what's this really about being it? And how can I learn from this experience instead of like stick to like, it's comfortable to me, you know? Yeah, totally. I, I love how you kind of went into your like love of learning and your love of like the different facets of experience and how for every person, you know, you're going to gravitate towards different things. And I personally found that, I gravitate towards different things at different times in my life. And this brings me to one of my favorite questions that I ask my guests here, which is um, what has been your movement journey? So you got a little bit, right? You've been an athlete, you're, you've been a coach and you've like worked across all these different mediums, all these certifications, but what led you into your focal points and why? Um, and I agree with you. I believe the same thing. Um, different times in my life, I'm more into different things. Even even now, there are days where I would rather just do strength training. And then there's days where I'm like, nope, I just want to do flow. Or nope, just want to do mobility. Or nope, I just want to sit on my ass. <laughs> but um, <laughs> That's a good but one. Uh, yeah, I mean, like, who doesn't, right? We're, we're humans. We're built to be lazy. Uh-huh. Um so to bring you back to, to what you asked me, what brought me to my focal point right now, I would say my focal point is the title of my program because I am really into getting strong and feeling flow and being able to take that in no matter what modality of training, exercise, daily movement that I do. And especially my, my thought process, my emotions, I'm, I'm getting older you know, I'm in my late thirties. I'm Asian. So people think I'm like younger, but, um, I'm in this place in my life now where I care less about what my body is like, and I care more about what my body feels like and not just my body, but my mind and my spirit. And can I wake up every day and choose to, to feel like I'm enjoying? Um, so the focal point of strength and flow, like the storyline behind that is I went from being, um, an athlete 
to being a very structured coach to being um, someone who was just like a, a sponge, just wanting to, to take every workshop and certification out there, which is, it's great. And then finally realizing that I needed to take the greatest hits of the things that I've learned and use it for myself to heal myself. And it's interesting that the more healing you do, the more you realize there was never anything wrong with you in the first place. Yeah. <laughs> and it was, and now it comes, right. Mm-hmm. It, and then it comes to acceptance and and, and so with that, that's where my focal point of strength and flow is. And it's finding no matter where I am, whether I'm in a gym or I'm outdoors or whatever, I can be strong at every angle. And no matter where I am, my, my physically and mentally, I can flow with things. So I guess that, that's the shortest version I can give you to to answer that question yeah no that's great um you can also feel free to give me long answers here we love long answers <laughs> um so one of my favorite uh things to plug into with people on an individual basis is the idea of movement it covers so many different bases in the English language and it can mean so many different things uh, from person to person. So what is your personal definition of movement? My personal definition of movement is being alive. Um, the most basic movement is breathing. We all move. Everyone moves. But I think it's as a trainer, physically, it's is I always tell people like there's no such thing as wrong movement. There's but there is effective movement and ineffective movement and each person's effectiveness or ineffectiveness is different based on their body mm-hmm. and, and the patterns that their brain knows and how safe they feel emotionally um, in order to do those movements. So movement at the end of the day, it, it, I also see it as it's an expression, you know, uh, they say what 70% or more of language is actually body language. So it's also a way of communication. It's a way of expressing. Um, it's, it's also a way of not just communicating to others, but to ourselves. And sometimes we just don't realize it, hmm. you know? So then again, and it becomes this vehicle for awareness. Yeah. Do you have any uh, specific points in time that you can remember or reflect back to where you found that, movement was like building your self-awareness around yourself as an individual in a certain way, like, like pivotal moments that you might've had with your experience of it. Um, I would say that it happens. Actually, it's as simple as there'll be times where I'm having a conversation with someone that, um, I, uh, they're uptight or they're stressed and I will start kind of sitting and talking like them. And I, and it's like, then I kind of have to stop myself. I'm like, whoa, 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 I'm taking on this, this energetic, like stiffness and stress and frustration, um, you know, cause energy is energy, energy transfers. And so um, it's up to me to, to reset that if I can, sometimes I'm, I can, and sometimes it's, it's tough. And, um, and then, so when it comes to that, I think, yes, like movement, movement is that indicator of checking in again. It's that 
again, I'm going to bring it back to awareness. Um, and as humans, we get to adapt. And uh, I think I read a really great quote the other day about how just because something worked once doesn't mean it's going to work the next time. Oh, yeah, <laughs> so true. You know, <laughs> we always want to return to, we're like, oh, this worked before. Oh, when, when I diverted my attention to this or that, it worked. Um, but nothing is meant to, to constantly have the same effect all the time. Yeah, and, you know, I see this a lot with people who don't work in the fitness field. And, and in some cases, for some professionals who do, it's like, well, I did this when I was 20 and it worked. Why isn't it working now when I'm 30 or in my 40s, right? This always used to work. Why isn't it working now? And it's like, well, everything's different, you know, just like that river, the, riv- the river that flows over the rock is never the same river or whatever that analogy is <laughs> or that philosophy that um, like things are always in flux and they're always changing. And I think what's beautiful about movement is that if you're willing to listen to your curiosity, um, sort of your intuition and, and even your sense of inspiration there, those will actually lead you into the places that are most likely to offer you exactly what you need versus trying to stay stuck in something that served you at a certain time. Right. Right. Um, I mean, it, we could throw in the analogy of like, like for instance, I was a golfer because my ball is on grass. And that shot is the same thing, right? Each shot, even if it's the same distance, if it's a, if the grass is different, if the wind is different, if my back is feeling different that day or, or whatnot, or even we could relate that to food. Um, you know, people will, they'll create them feel better, but then they'll eat too much of it and they'll, they'll feel terrible the next day. Um, you know, we do it with our emotions. Like, Oh, as, as a child, this would, I would isolate myself. So, as an adult, I'm going to isolate myself. It doesn't serve. And I think it's, uh, it's, I think it's all about realizing that we just stay open. And it's interesting how, when you give yourself permission to be open, there's freedom in that. And you realize that we just make way too big of a deal of things than we need to. Yeah. (laughs) That's what I'm learning as I'm getting old. (laughs) When I talked my friends about relationships and things like that. I'll just like watch them and I'll listen to them. And I just look at them and I'm like, take yourself so fucking seriously. (laughs) Oh my gosh. I've been doing that with so many things in my life, like both building businesses and, and like, and being in a relationship that's undergoing a lot of change right now. Um, I have like my mantra to myself is it's not all about you, Marie. Like, it's just not, you're not that important. <laughs> and then, like, suddenly, like, the weight is lifted. It's like, oh, okay, like, I'm not in control, and I'm totally cool with that. 100%. And then that brings us back to the movement part of, like, um, when we were – earlier we were talking about, you know, structure and chaos. And, uh, you know, uh, I was saying one of my favorite quotes was from Mike Fitch saying, suffer through the structure in order to conquer the chaos – Mm-hmm. Um, they're both important. They're like yin and yang. And at the same time, chaos isn't very chaotic if you just let go and realize you don't make it such a big deal. Totally. And so that's when the movement 
becomes so fresh and pure and, you know, people will be, you know, like, oh, wow, I move like that. I want to be graceful and smooth. And uh, it's, a, it's this blend of, of being, of knowing where your body is, but allowing it to continue to have space, knowing where you, you want to go next, but feeling free enough to say, okay, well, if it changes, it does. Mm-hmm. Well, it's like you were mentioning how, you know, you f- feel yourself start to mirror other people and then you have to tell yourself to let go and how, you know, we're, we're always communicating through our movement. And I think that's something I've always been able to see very clearly because of my background in dance is that what people are really drawn to when they see like powerful, graceful, like beautiful movement at its core is just somebody who is so like authentically confident in what they're offering. They don't, they don't care, right? They're just like, it is what it is. And so people see you and you're like, you're completely open about like, oh, there's a mistake. And like, sometimes you'll like post stuff where you fall out of stuff. It's like, it's part of the process. But like, but people are still so enamored with watching you because what you're coming to the table with is just like, unabashedly, like, this is who I am in this movement. And this is how I'm going to express myself. This is what's going to come through me. And I, I really feel that fundamentally, that's what people are seeking more than the right body, like, you know, the right size, yeah. the right muscle tone. They just want to feel that free in being themselves. Exactly. And they don't, they may not know what watching it. 100%. Subconsciously, that's what they, that's what people seek is that freedom. Um, because we've all met, we've all met someone who's like a model and, you know, has bazillion dollars and all those things. And we know that, you know, based on how they move and how they treat people and how they treat themselves, if they're happy or not. And it's really about, you know, not, not that there's anything wrong with beauty or money or any of those things. There's nothing wrong with those things. But when we overvalue those things versus what's, where's the center of the heart of that, um, that's when people get confused. And I think it's people are really seeking that freedom and that permission of themselves to be themselves. And when they have that, that's, that's when all the other things come, you know, people are, we're trainers, people, how many times do you get a day? People are like, Oh, how, how, how do you have such a slim waistline? Or how do I get abs? Or, you know, how do I lose 15 pounds? And I'm always telling, I have the same answer every time. I'm like, there's no secret. It's consistency, right? And it's love, it's breath work, it's taking the time to acknowledge yourself because when we think about things and we punish ourselves, we're inducing stress hormones. We're going to hold on more weight that way. But at the end of the day, focus on, on connecting to your body and your mind and building skills. The weight will come off. Right, all those other things that people see—they want to get stronger, leaner, faster, whatever—or connect, breathe, and build skills. Everything else you'll get to. Hmm. Those are amazing fundamentals. So, what are your go-to's for connecting to your body and breathing? I know you have some certifications with breath work, but if you can just give our listeners like a quick list. Well. It's more workshops I've taken. I wouldn't want to sit here and say I'm a, you know, uh, breathwork professional. <laughs> well, I guess 
some trainers I would be though. Cause I, you know, but anyways, we're not gonna go that rabbit hole. Um, mm-hmm. but, uh, I've done courses with Wim Hof, um, yoga breath, Yamate techniques, um, breath of fire, uh, chaotic breathing, breathing with specific instructors like Perry Nicholson, who teaches four by four tactical breath work. Um, and, and quite a few others, like even in some of the retreats that I've been to where they discuss more breath work and we, we start to really explore a lot of it. Um, and then more recently, um, PJ, I think it's Nestler. He's uh, the head coach for XPT Life. He was teaching a whole bunch of us some really cool stuff on Buffalo. So I'm thinking about taking that as well. I'm always wanting to learn more. Like I want to learn more. Um, I will no matter what I do, because it, it really is the most fundamental thing. I've learned that most people, they don't move correctly because they don't breathe correctly. And you, you can change their movement pattern all you want, but it's always going to have some kind of default that makes the body less efficient if the breathing isn't there. Hmm. What's so interesting is because yeah. like breathing is such an automated pattern, right? It's, it's part of the um, autonomic nervous system. Uh, and that's like where a lot of like mm-hmm. subconscious automated patterning lies, even in movement. So if you can interrupt the automated breathing pattern and insert a new overlay that allows you to actually have a clean mm-hmm. template to work from. A hundred percent. Yes. I feel like, in, I don't know, maybe I'm getting a little too philosophical here on this, but since it's the first thing we do when we exit the womb, breathing, it's the first movement we ever do. It's almost like it's that actual thing we can do that connects our physical with our emotional. Mm. Yeah, right? 100%. I think most meditation practices, like, there's some form of connection to breath. I've never heard of, like, a meditation practice where breath isn't involved at all. You know? <laughs> Just don't think. <laughs> Mind so, blank, mind yeah, blank. Just don't think. Welcome to meditation, guys. Good All right, everybody fun. sit down. Don't think. <laughs> uh, okay, well, you can think. You can think. Let, let, let the thoughts pass. All right, now try not. <laughs> uh, That'd be a really great sketch. I used to be a sketch comedy writer. Actually, I, I still am in ways. And uh, so anytime I think of, like, situations, especially, like, when training clients and stuff, I'm always thinking of like the comedy version of it. <laughs> <laughs> I can't wait for your show to come out and have a few little like snippets to giggle with. Oh, for sure. Um, that will definitely be a lot of silliness. <laughs> <laughs> no, I mean, I think that's a really interesting point that I'd never thought of. And I'm glad you brought it up. I'm glad you got philosophical on this. That's what we do here. Um, but yeah, breathing is the one thing that you'll need to do well your entire life. It is with you your entire life, whether you're aware of it or not. And the second you're not breathing, you don't even have three minutes. Like, you don't. And so how would you expect to be able to, like, make any great strides or progress or add any new information into your body, your system, your biology, without that very foundational need being met? Um, Yeah, breathing... Breathing is everything, especially when it comes to movement. I, I always, I 
think it's it's breathing, um, understanding where your foundation is, meaning where your body is connected to the floor, and uh, um, maintaining internal space as you move. Mm. And then from there, learning different patterns. Um, you know, any pattern can be learned if those three things are, are put in place. And those are the three things that, like, when I work with people, especially one-on-one, I really focus in on those three things. And so then after they get that, I start teaching them different patterns. Then I'm like, well, you want to learn animal flow? You want to learn TRX? You want to learn how to do a pull-up? You want to learn handstands? What do you want to do? We can, you apply those things to, to everything else that you do. And, um, and then that's how people get the results that they want. And when they focus more on building that connection and building skills versus whatever goal that they wrote down for their new year's resolution. Mm-hmm. <laughs> right. Yeah. I had the, the, because I struggled with body image for most of my life. Um, and I actually, part of why I even became a trainer were two parts selfish. One fix all my injuries. So I never become injured again. <laughs> so it stops happening to me and be like, Ooh, finally lose all this weight that I've like been dragging around my body that I just absolutely hate and need to get off. And, and I, I actually like this time I started letting go of needing to look a certain way or trying to beat my body into the right shape or the right size. And instead I was engaging with things because I was interested with them or curious about learning them. And I, I, it was more the skill acquisition and, and the process of like figuring it out. Like then suddenly I didn't have like body dysmorphia anymore. Then I wasn't self-conscious or feeling like I need to change anything. And all of a sudden, like people would be like, Oh my God, like your body shifted. And it was just like, I didn't even feel like my body shifted. I felt like my perspective changed. And once that changed, everything followed. And it's, it's the hard, the thing I have the hardest time explaining to people, because I think we're so conditioned into like, you got to grind and hustle to like, achieve things versus just like, like you said, connecting to yourself and like connecting to some of that more profound integrity within you and letting that sort of steer the automobile. Yeah, I, I feel like, you know, the grind and everything, like, I used to be that person, too. I was like, oh, you got to grind. You got to grind. But there's only so much you can grind. <laughs> like, we're human. Body rest. And, our, and that's actually how we also come up with more ideas and, and, and start to optimize things. It's like, work smarter, not harder. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, and it's because we have this one life to live, you know, and people are so focused on versus really like what, how can we experience it now? Mm. Right. So it's very similar to like, I believe that people focus, focus on the action, not the goal. Now that doesn't mean the action is always the grind. I feel like the grind gives it this really negative connotation. Just focus on the action and enjoy the action and then the goal will be there. But I feel like when you say, hey, you got to grind, it's still like goal oriented. And that sounds weird to say that, like, as a coach, I do believe in goals, but I'm not goal oriented. <laughs> yeah, well, it's because I think with like the culture and then like 
the the discourse and and the words that get used end up like habiting certain spheres. So grind and hustle right. and and train and you know goals always get put in the same camp. And so after a while, grind may not have initially meant that, but now it has that connotation. Um, exactly. Yeah, and so exactly. then it kind of muddies the waters. Exactly. Explain it that way. That's exactly what I meant. It's like, I don't think anything's wrong with anything unless you're making it way too big to deal. Totally. Just chill out. Chill the fuck out. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Like, yeah, work hard. I'm not saying don't work hard. I'm not like a total hippie. I'm like, oh, whatever. You'll just be there. They're like, yes, you have to work at it. That's consistency. But you're not working so hard that you fucking kill yourself. You know, mm. we know what happens clinically when you do that. You know, when you use people doing like, oh, they're going to do a thousand kettlebell swings. Okay, well, I'll have fun with that with your back and your hips. Great. Yeah. You know, it's like, or you can work smarter. And yes, if you want a better body and be stronger, those things will be there too. Well, I think it's like, we also believe that work sometimes means suffer or that those are linked and it doesn't mean suffer. Like there may be struggle, but struggle also doesn't mean suffering, right? Like there's such a thing as kind of just working through things and yes, there'll be discomfort, but it's temporary. It's temporary. (laughs) It'll go away. (laughs) Yeah. It's like a roller coaster, you know, parts of the ride like and parts of the ride you just, gut-wrenching but it's a ride and there's a beginning and there's an end so just people have to trust the process I mean, it's everything we're saying is so cliche but it's so true oh you know? i love cliches bring them on <laughs> i love that i love that analogy <laughs> love of the roller coaster though i think that's a very powerful way to look at it um because we always like we'll say progress is non-linear but to, to be able to visualize it in that exact metaphor, I think, is very powerful. That's a good one. All right. I so, like <laughs> um, yeah. Another question for you, Venus. What has been the greatest gift movement has given you? And there may be more than one. So if there's more than one, feel free to elaborate. Movement's given me a lot of different things. And, you know, I can write out a list of hundreds of things but at the end of the day it's given me awareness permission and connection and that's really everything and when you when you have those things in place then no movement even if i'm not good at it i i don't feel scared to do it the fear is not there anymore and that's that's like the biggest thing and i'm constantly learning from it every day and some days i'm strong as hell and I feel like a superhero and there's some days where I still am like so hard oh my god I don't want to do it Ah," you know because I'm human and but at the end of the day also I know that if I return to what I know which is connection awareness it's you're unstoppable and and then you you just constantly so you're giving yourself permission and it's like you have all these little wins stack up on top of each other. And then that's what gives you that self-confidence. And I, and, and we live in a world now where there's a lot of great um, inspirational quotes mm-hmm. and people, oh, you have confidence, you have to have confidence, but no one tells you how to build confidence. And I'm literally telling people, this is how you build confidence 
mm-hmm. consistency with awareness, you know, consistency with movement, consistency with the sensation of redirecting your mind and your thoughts to, to joy. And then over time you get this permission and that's where confidence comes from. Confidence and permission are like the same thing, really. Yeah. That's actually something I've been noticing for myself a lot too, is, um, yeah, like allowing that that's been a big one, which feels very similar to permission. And, And then, and then this idea of like freedom and, um, and I think like freedom is, is just an extension of confidence. It's like confidence means you just feel free to do whatever you want, right? And be who you are and, and show up where you want and say no when you want and all that stuff. So, yeah, I think those are very, very profound gifts to be able to tangibly walk away with and continue to build on every single day. That's amazing. Yeah, free, freedom. It's 100% it. Yeah. Wonderful. We put on our own shackles when it comes to freedom. Oh, yeah. You know. We imprison we ourselves. We <laughs> yeah, we're like, oh, I can't do that. Or, oh, I don't like that. Or whatever. I don't, it's interesting. This immediately made me think of, like, how my parents, they were foodies because they owned a restaurant. And as a kid, I never had a choice. So it's funny. I'll see kids and parents nowadays. You'll see the parent be like, what do you want to eat? And in my head, I'm like, my parents never never gave me a choice. Wow. They were like, you're going to eat this or you're going to try this. Like they made me try everything. And, um, if people follow me on social media, I always Instagram because I think it's kind of funny, but I also really, really do love soup because my parents would not let me leave the dinner table ever unless I finished my soup. We had soup at every meal, very Asian. Wow. And so now it's me. And so I love soup as an adult and yeah, I post about it a lot on Instagram. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> Soup. Soup's up. <laughs> but, oh wait, back to permission. <laughs> totally went off subject. Back to permission. The soup whole thing comes from the fact that my parents forced me to try everything, mm-hmm. whether I was comfortable with it or not. And so I always tell people, like, people are like, what's the best exercise for this or that? And I'm like, they're all good. They really are. Mm-hmm. Like, um, it's just the best in your body. It's simple. Like, I feel like I'm just, I say the same thing all the time. And people think that I'm going to tell them anything different. You know, I I think there's something, I was actually talking to someone about this today, how there's a lot of fear around simple solutions. And I think it's because simplicity forces that a level of awareness that some people are just simply uncomfortable with. And I I often wonder if, if like complexity becomes more of a comfort blanket then we realize that like we think we want simple answers, but what really people just want is like magic answers. They just want things to go away. Um, and and all in all and truth. Everything will themselves. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but like when you give people a simple answer, I, I notice like there's almost like a blank look or there's resistance. We're like, oh it can't be that. It has to be hard. Like <laughs> It should be worse than what you're telling me. It's like, well, no. I mean, I, I also, I repeat myself a lot with this stuff, so. 
Yeah. Like uh, earlier today I was training someone and she was like, yeah, we fixed my squat. And I was like, sure. So I was like, show me how you squat. She started with this like crazy straddle. Like she's trying to get into something, you know, like, uh, like she's about to like uh, dig a hole in the ground with a shovel or something. I was like, oh, okay, that's, that's a stance, you know? And then she showed me her squat and she goes about 90 and I was like, go all the way down. It's how far down can you go? And she was doing it and you can tell she was apprehensive because she's had back issues. Then I go, okay, come over here. Let's stand in front of the mirror. I go, just stand with your feet about shoulder width apart. Okay. And then I, I had her shift her weight through different corners of her feet. And I was like, okay, now final corner, four, four corners of your feet, find an equal footprint. Awesome. Imagine balloons in your spine and in your joints. It's great. Now just lower into that equal footprint. Allow yourself to hinge wherever hinged. She goes down, perfect squat. Comes back up, straight through it, perfect standing squat. I mean, I was just like, okay, there you go. <laughs> she was like, wait, that's it? <laughs> you know? And like, yep, that's it. I'm not going to cue you to shift your hips back. I'm not going to tell you to drive your heels into the ground. I'm not going to tell you to squeeze and tuck your tailbone at the bottom. There's just, people feel this need to overcomplicate things, which takes people out of their body and in their head. And I, I like to cue with sensations, but I think if people aren't feeling things in their body, no technical cue is going to help that. Oh, yeah. A hundred percent. I had an extensive conversation with someone about this today who I worked with and I, we made an adjustment and we actually got her into a place where her movement was a lot more effective. Like you said, the difference between ineffective and effective. And, and I was like, well, what did you feel there? And she's like, I don't know. It was just harder. I'm like, well, can you get specific? Or like the more specificity you have around what actually shifted in your body to be there, then you'll be able to come back to it. Because if I have to tell you like, drop your hips and like all this stuff over and over again, and you can't register what's shifted or you're not holding on to, you will not find it for yourself. And then it's pointless. Like, then we're not really doing work here. Then we're not really, you know, right. getting that, that their body to come back and like find a new state of coherence. And then that's a problem. Right. And then we can't learn anything new. I don't want to teach my client the same fucking squat over and over again <laughs> i want to teach them different kinds of squat i want them to be able to learn how to do it and shift and move and you know utilize it in their real life so their back pain goes away right and they can focus on whatever they want to focus on totally 100 percent. so um are there as you wrap things up here are there any final thoughts that you would like to leave our audience with any last words of wisdom my last words of wisdom, find joy in every present moment, even if it's a moment that is very stressful. You can do it. Um, and it's one of those things, it's, it all comes from belief. And it's the, the saying, what you believe is your reality. That is 100% true. Be consistent with moving every day, staying hydrated, breathing, and becoming aware physically and emotionally. And eventually you will find that place of permission and confidence and freedom. And just trust that when consistency is there, everything will, will happen. And, um, you know, that's, that's really it. Mm. it. It's simple. Keep it simple. 
everyone will be able to, to flow through life. That's, that's a perfect way to wrap this up. Thank you for that. All right. Thank you. Talking. Yay. Um, so how can everybody who's really into everything you've been discussing and wants to find out more about you, where can we find you? Uh, Venusfit.com. Um, on Instagram, I'm Venus, the number two, the letter B, then F-A-B. So that's Venus to be fab um, mm. on Instagram. And then I also have a program called Strength and Flow. In the program, it's 18 workouts. I do the entire workout with you. You, Whenever you need to take a break, you push pause. And whenever you're ready to jump back in, you push play. And I'm, I'm there with you the whole time. It's a follow-along. Every workout comes with a PDF of mindful actions. So every time they do the workout, uh, they can look back at this PDF and it has some questions that they can ask themselves daily, as well as every workout has breath work, mobility, strength, flow, and a cool down with breath work. So they're getting a little bit of everything in it. Amazing. Oh my gosh, that sounds like so much fun to go through. <laughs> <laughs> It's fun. And then every week I go online and um, I have a private Facebook group of the people who, who purchased and decided to join the group. Um, and for the people who participate and post post their flows and stuff, I'll give them feedback and answer any questions they have. And I try to do a live every week where I'll cover like whatever I posted on social media or I'll cover flows or I'll cover things that I see people not quite getting. Mm-hmm. Everyone succeed. So continued support for people once they've gone through the program. That sounds like an amazing combination. Thank you. (laughs) All right. Well, that just about wraps everything up. Thank you so much for coming on the show, Venus. I really appreciate it. Loved hearing all about your relationship to movement, where it's led you, and then like going down all those little rabbit holes. It was so much fun chatting. Thank you. I enjoyed it. It was really great talking to you. Thank you so much for tuning in to this week's episode on this thing called movement. I'm your host, Marie Janicek. And if you're interested in connecting with me directly, you can find me on Facebook under the name Marie Janicek and on Instagram at Marie Janicek. If you enjoyed this episode, Don't forget to leave us a review and make sure to share with your friends and family. In the meantime, I can't wait to connect with you all next week when we bring on our next guest. Until then, make sure to get out there and move.